tonight, today, this morning on the TalentCast, we try and turn the employer brand thing into something usable, helpful, functional, valuable, doable, you know, stuff. Howdy. Welcome to The Talent Cast, where we talk about the new world of talent acquisition and recruitment marketing. I, am always, am your host, James Ellis. Uh, I was bitten by a radioactive recruiter once and discovered I had strange new powers, and thus, we are here. This podcast is not sponsored or supported by anyone whatsoever. We have instituted a 100% no-pitching rule. We're here to learn, teach, and discuss so we can all become better recruitment marketing thinkers. I'm not here to sell you anything. If you like this podcast, and I really hope you do, tell the world on LinkedIn and Twitter and any other place you're professionally social. I'm pretty sure your friends don't care. Uh, You can always review us on iTunes or Google Play. We really appreciate that. Uh, As always, if you have comments, questions, topic suggestions, if you would like me to discuss uh, your particular problem, if you know someone I should interview, reach out to me on the Twitter. It's The War for Talent. That's right, The War for Talent. Or just go to our website. We're at thetalentcast.com, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, here we go. Hope you enjoy. Hey, how you doing? It's James Ellis here. Good. For me, it's the afternoon. I'm not even a joke. Uh, fully caffeinated up, ready to go. So I want to talk a bit about content strategy. Why? Because I talk about it a lot, if you can believe it. Um, let me just start with some justifications here. So first off, uh, oof, where to start? Content strategy is a thing. I know that there's been a lot of conversation. Is it a thing? Isn't it, isn't it a thing? Um, some people wonder, you know, how is it really different from marketing? And in a way, it isn't different at all. In a way, it is very different. Um, and if you want to dive deeply over the Content Marketing Institute, I'm sure they will happily have fights with you all day long about why it is and why it isn't and blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I don't care. All I know, and frankly, all you really need to know, is that content marketing is probably the most effective way to get someone to understand your brand and to take action. Okay, simple as that. They get who you are and they decide to either and take action. Now, that we don't define that action as being then they apply. Sometimes that action is, and then they go one step closer down the funnel. And sometimes that action is to get the hell out of Dodge and never talk to you again because you were the worst place to work for them. It's not personal, it's just they're not a good match and they get that. That's what content strategy is really all about when you boil it right down to it. It's about telling a story enough that someone goes, oh, it's interesting. Oh, and I get it. And oh, now I know what to do with you. Remember, there's anywhere from 18 to 25 million companies in, this, in the U.S. alone. And there's no way anybody knows more than a couple of hundred. And even if you're in a small town, even if you're in the middle of nowhere and there's only a couple of hiring places, you can't know everything about them all. Why would they? It's it's not like everybody's looking for a job 24-7, even no matter what the LinkedIn, Pulse, and Business Insider crowd might tell you about millennials always being perpetually job hopping. And by the way, they are because you don't try to keep them. Um, well, let's not get into that. Um, hold on, I lost my train of thought. Yep, just happened. Oh, the reason, yeah, they don't know enough about you. They don't spend time thinking about you. They don't look for, the, their job is not to think of every business that exists they could potentially apply to and learn anything about it and decide if they should work there. Why? Because they've got a day job. They've got things to do. They've got real life. They got stuff, right? Um, 
but you know they still absorb things about you. And so we've been talking, spending a lot of time talking about employer brand. We talk about employee generated content. We talked about all sorts of other stuff. But really, you want to talk about content strategy and how it relates to employer brand. It's a matter of this: if you get employer brand, and if you get that employer brand means that you know how to differentiate your company from every other company on whatever function or vector you want to talk about. If you are the best place to work, if you're a cat lover. Great. If you believe that trees have souls more than anybody else, great. I don't want to work there, but great. Good for you. Someone's going to be like, yeah, I want to work for you. If you want to believe that we should all be run ruled by monarchs and that's the best way to, to govern and that's what you believe as a company, good. I'm sure someone will apply for that. Be different. Be yourself. Be honest. Be authentic. All the stuff that we've talked about for employer brand, be that thing saying you are that thing. And I'm going to go ahead and believe and go with the trees have souls because one, who cares? And two, how does that apply to employer brands? So I can't be <laughs> making anybody mad, hopefully. Um, let's say you as a company, what you stand for is the fact that trees have souls. This is a weird podcast. I'm three and a half minutes into this. This is already very weird. Um, you have to, the fact that you say it and feel it and believe it is step one, right? It's just the beginning. The fact that everybody who works for you knows that you stand for trees having souls and that everything you do, every step, every, you know, the way you file your taxes to the way you, the tools you select to do your job. What, even if you're trash collectors or airplane mechanics or, uh, you know, you make children's toys, it doesn't matter. If you believe you're all about trees having souls, it, that should permeate every action you have. If you truly believe that thing, it should be visible and obvious in everything you do, everything from what ads you run to um, you know who you know. Do you are you a paperless office versus an all Xerox machine uh, office? Are you you know? Do you offer free food? Do you not? What kind of food is it? Is it vegan? Is it? And again, that must be complicated with trees having souls. Um, you know everything you do as a business, your logo, your the office you work in, uh, the people you hire. Uh, every aspect of that, every choice the business makes has to align and be affected by that that thing, that employer brand that is trees have souls. And you, again, your employer brand will not be this, so that's why this is nice. You can decide who you are and what you stand for. What's interesting about the concept of trees having souls, if you can believe it, is, is that it seems like something that no one would care about, and yet somehow I bet we could turn into a real employer brand because it is in fact different. And if you truly, and as a company, you, and as the people who work for that company, you truly wholeheartedly believe that thing, and it permeates every aspect of your job, it is a differentiating factor, meaning it's a brand. It qualifies. That's a thing. Is it gonna, is it gonna work? I don't know. That's, that's a whole different question. But once you decide that's who you are and that's what you stand for, how in the heck do you get other people to know? And really beyond that, how do you get other people to absorb and agree with that message. So there are a lot of different ways to get that brand out. How do you communicate your brand? And I really, I honestly, I think there are 12 different ways, and maybe we can talk about those 12 ways later on. But one of the ways in which you, one of the many ways in which you, you get that out there is to tell stories and, to, and to, to talk about things and what you talk about and what you choose to talk about and how you choose to talk about it and to whom you to speak those stories is a content strategy, right? If the goal is to get someone to understand what you're all about and to take action one way or the other, that's a content strategy. That's what you're trying to do. You're, as a company, all about trees having souls, and, we, and here's all the different ways we believe that, and here's all the different ways you can see that in what we do.
And as a content strategy, you're going to want to say, here are all the different ways in which the fact that trees have souls have some sort of connection or impact on the decisions we make. Look, we decided to serve crackers. This brand of crackers for our Friday snack. It's to make it sound like recess, right? It's not something it's graham crackers or saltines. Um, <laughs> it's been an interesting day. You know, the decisions you make as a business, some, some of them be, are very big. You know, do you choose to acquire a company or be acquired by a company? Do you decide to build a product or not offer a service or whatever? You know, high-level business decisions to the low-level everyday decisions. Do you have free Coke cans or soda cans in the machine or do you have a, a beverage fountain or do you say, look, we don't think that soda is good for you and therefore we don't offer it for free within the office to, yeah, you can have whatever you want, but you got to pay us a dollar. You know, all those decisions should have some connection to the employee your brand because it's about who you are. I know that seems like a stretch. I know you're going to you're asking yourself how in the world does what kind of soft drink or beverage we serve to our employees and how we choose to serve it, what format we choose to serve it and whether we charge for it or not has anything to do with whether trees have souls. Well, frankly, that may not work for you as a brand then. If you think that trees have souls, you might also believe some other ecological things and maybe you think aluminum is not the right way to do things and you, you're going to make choices because of that. You're going to decide that it's all fountain drinks and recyclable cups or reusable cups or maybe you say soda is bad for you and you don't use them at all. That should have a connection. Who you your, Remember, your employer brand isn't made up. It's not something you pick out of the air. It is that therapy-like psychological look deep within yourself from a business level and decide, this is what I'm all about. And if you are making decisions about who you're not all about, what the heck is going on over there? What are you doing? Even big companies. I mean, I think Google for a long time was all about don't be evil. And up until the point where it's almost back into a corner where it kind of sort of had to be a little evil because it was just too much money and too big and too many arms and all sorts of different places and it got put into weird situations, everything it did was don't be evil. And it could find a way to make those connections in the products it offered, in the choices it made. Um, and you could interpret it lots of different ways, but that's what they thought of. They took that, here's what we're all, we're all about not being evil as an employer brand and saying, okay, it, it, you could see it in all the different things they do. Now, if, you're, if it's your company and it's your employer brand, how do you get people to say, oh, I get it. You're all about trees having souls or whatever. You have to tell that story. You have to show it. You have to open the kimono and reveal who you are and show how that brand is impacting all those different things. You don't have to do it for just one. You have to pretty much do it for all of them if you're doing it right, or at least a lot of them. Because if I tell you, look, as a human being, I'm all about the, you know, the environment. And that's why I, brought, I bought a, uh, an electric car. That's a story. And I'm trying to show you that my brand is me being caring about the environment is reflected in the choice I made in a car. What I don't tell you is that I don't recycle. And I go to my favorite McDonald's restaurant because it still offers the styrofoam containers from 1970s. And I throw them out the window as I drive around in my electric car. That doesn't reflect well in the brand. In fact, it counters the brand. So I wouldn't tell that story, which means that brand is not authentic to who I am. Get it? See it? All right? Cool. So none of that is true, by the way, and I only picked on McDonald's because I remember the 70s and 80s when they had styrofoam can containers, and, and that was weird. But, you know, there you go. Nothing on a McDonald's. If you like them, you like them. Good for you. Anyway, trying to avoid pissing off huge multinational, multi-global brands. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing this for free. Let us not get sued in the process, okay? How about that, James? Good plan. All right. So once you know your brand, you have to tell that story. And you have to tell it a lot of different ways. Because if you tell it just one way, it's one-dimensional. And 
much like my electric car story, people, you go, okay, yes, and prove it. You don't prove it once, you prove it over and over again. A scientific proof, uh, a, a scientific principle isn't true just once, it's true over and over and over again. Again, your brand is a pattern. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know I hammer that home. It's a pattern. It shows itself in everything you do, in every story you tell, every story you choose to tell, and every story you choose not to tell. So if your brand is all about trees have souls, yes, you're going to have some big kind of brouhaha story about your CEO was once walking through a forest and a, a branch caught her eye and it saved her life and honestly that's how you came to believe the trees have souls and it's it's part of everything you do. Great. That's a great big story and I love it and that's fantastic and you're going to tell that story. But you're not done. That is one story. That is the that is the tent pole story of who you are. You have to back up that who you are in everything else you do, in everything from your logo to your choice of location to are you only using recycled products? Are you you know are you are you strip mining landfills? Uh, you know landfills. What are you doing as a business? What are the choices you're making? And does it connect the dots? And you have to tell those stories. So if you believe the trees have souls and you have that big tentpole story about the CEO in the forest, you then also have to talk about the stupid little things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis, like your soft drinks and food and the benefits you offer. For example, if you believe that trees have souls, I bet you as a company offer a benefit where you match donations to charities that also believe that trees have souls. And you take one day a year, one day a quarter, and you all go out to forest to help clean the forest. These are all other things you do that reflect and, and reinforce this tentpole idea of trees having souls. What else do you do that is clearly visible as being connected to that brand? Tell those stories. So that's your, so your big tentpole story. And then you've got these big other chunks of stories that are clearly connected. And then you've got this ring of stories that are smaller and seemingly semi-connected or semi you know, connected to that brand, but they're still true, but reinforce it because you're saying, look, this opportunity that we had to veer from that brand, we decided to take a different choice and we decided to align. So for example, if again, trees have souls, et cetera, et cetera, you have a compost heap. Yes, great. Who do you choose as your garbage collector? Do they also recycle? Is that part of, is it matter? Does it connect if it does? And yes, no one's going to choose to work for you because of who you have for waste management and trash collection and recycle collection. That That is <laughs> immaterial on every single level, but it continues to reinforce that brand. And I talk about all this stuff and I know it sounds goofy and crazy and weird. And how many times can he say trees have souls? Um, but that's how a content strategy works. You have a big idea. You tell a big piece of story about that idea, and you have a lot of supporting evidence, some big and some small, that reinforces this idea, right? So for example, and I'm going to use Amazon because I know who their brand is, and it's all publicly available knowledge at this point, so I don't, I'm not you know, revealing anything I know that you don't. By the way, I don't think I do. You know, they're all about being pioneers. That's their employer brand. We pioneer, or we are pioneers, one of those. And... They talk about, here, let's show you what our employees are doing in a pioneering manner. Yes, those are nice big stories. And Jeff Bezos has his, you know, has, has you know, probably a video somewhere where he talks about being a pioneer. And that's the big tentpole. And you have all these other big stories of other people, everybody from warehouse people to software programmers to project managers to, I don't know, whatever, marketers, who cares? Also pioneering in whatever capacity they are, robot developers, pioneering on some level. 
they're going to tell those stories because it clearly connects to that employer brand. You are pioneering. We, we pioneer, whatever that is. You're also going to have little stories, and these are opportunities for you to reinforce or what's the opposite of reinforce? To undermine the employer brand. So again, big tent pole about We Pioneer. Thank you, Jeff Bezos, for writing that or videoing that or whatever. Lots of different employee profiles about individual people pioneering things in their field and outside their field. Maybe some of them invented or patented things that have nothing to do with their day job, but they're also the type of people who like to pioneer things. They're obsessed with puzzles and solving things and all reinforcing the brand. Also, by the way, where is their office and how is their office different? Also, by the way, what food do they offer? What benefits do they offer? Um... Why do they work in Seattle? Why is their big office, main office in Seattle? Why are there secondary offices where they are? I don't really know where they all are because I imagine they're, they're <laughs> numerous. Um, why do they make the choices they make? Why do they choose to build, to buy a plane, a 747 so they can to do uh, a, a transportation? Why do they start offering, um, uh, uh, gosh, I'm blanking. It's Sunday. It's rough for me. The Why are they offering, bu building their own um, delivery system? Here in Chicago, I actually get almost half, if not more, of my Amazon boxes delivered by an Amazon truck. They don't go on UPS or HedEx or USPS. They're delivered by Amazon. They never leave Amazon's hands, which is crazy. They're building another postal system inside this country just to deliver their stuff, which should tell you what kind of scale they're operating on if you hadn't figured it out by now. Their choice to – what kind of programming do they offer on Amazon Prime? What kind of perks do they give on Amazon Prime? Those things all reinforce this brand of We Pioneer. Now, some of those choices are business choices and not connecting to the recruitment marketing at all. In any way, shape, or form, what they're putting on Amazon Prime, how, what connection does it have? Now, I've long maintained that they should go ahead and make a series about what it's like to work at Amazon. It would be the greatest channel in the world because I bet they have some fascinating stories. And by the way, they have a network to put it out on so thousands and thousands and thousands of people can see it and get a – and it's a, it's a model they control. But, you know, whatever. They're going to do what they do. But those choices actually leak through into people's perceptions of your brand. Remember, yes, a brand is a pattern, but it exists. That pattern exists in individual people's minds. And so everything you do that reinforces that brand in that person's mind makes it stronger. And anything you do that counters that brand and it doesn't sound right or doesn't align very well weakens it in that person's mind. How they perceive that is up to them and how well they remember it is also your job. Um, but that's a content strategy. You want to tell those stories. As you know by now, this is a pitch-free zone. This is all about education. This is all about learning something. This is all about helping each other and taking what we're learning from each other and, and passing it along to the next person. So that means this is free. I mean, in every complete sense of the word, free. What I'm going to ask, though, instead of a credit card number, is that you simply share this and that you review this on iTunes or Google Play. I, that's that's the thing that gets this in front of as many people as possible. I'm doing this because I love doing it, but frankly, the more people listen to it, the more I love doing it. Go to iTunes. It takes a couple of seconds to just simply throw a couple of star review on that one and maybe say something nice or not. Complain. Feel free. I don't care. Uh, but the more reviews we get, the better off the show ends up being. So that's all I'm asking for. Otherwise, uh, have a great rest of the podcast. Here we go back to the, the show. Now, let's take content strategy from an absolute different direction. That was from the brand down. I want to take it from the candidate up, which is the exact opposite direction. Top down versus bottom up, right? From a candidate standpoint, 
and I don't want to be I don't want to be broad here if you can believe it that sounds unlike me but I don't because individual people make individual decisions based on their individual motivations which by the way are individual to them what what I care about and what motivates me is not what you care about and what motivates you chances are maybe there's some overlap but we're you know I'm a person and you're a person right so we do things differently we have ways of coming about making those decisions and the things we care about are different so when I say things like content strategy, in my old job, I used to talk about here are the, the five things you have to write about or here are the big chunks of content you should write about because broadly, from an 80-20 rule, these are things that most candidates care at least a little bit about and should make an impact. So if you tell the story about the person who started at the bottom and rose very far up the ladder, that is a story. That is an interesting content strategy. And if you are brand has some connection to longevity and experience and, and we care about our people and we promote from within, that's a great story that reinforces this idea. But if you're not, chances are that story doesn't really help you. And frankly, not everybody cares about it. Some people really look at that job and say, I'm only going to be here two to four years. What do I care what the big path is? I'm never going to be CEO of that company. I wouldn't want to be CEO of that company. However, for the two to five years I'm here, I want to learn this, 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 and I want to do that, 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 that. That's the thing that motivates me. In which case, that story about someone who started from the bottom and went to the top doesn't matter. Unless you're Drake, and there's a Drake joke. Um, I think I've told that joke before. I apologize. <laughs> I just made myself laugh. I'm sorry. It's I'm a little loopy. Uh, so what stories matter to candidates? And I wish I had an answer for you. I mean, I've helped write articles about this stuff, and they're true to some extent, but there's no real um, map for this stuff that's true for everybody. What I would say is if you're tr getting serious about trying to get people to come to your brand and understand what you're all about and make a decision about you, you have to think about them. <laughs> as, a, as HR and as, as, the and, and as organizations go, that's usually not your first instinct. I get that. <laughs> Most companies, and especially HR, but certainly lots of different teams within an organization, are internally driven. What do you know, the reason why the job application process is because every company has chosen an ATS and ATS drives the process, right? Simple as that. Everybody wants an easier to app, easier apply process, but because the ATS drives everything, guess what? You're not going to change it. Hold on, I have to tell my computer not to restart itself or its update its software till tomorrow. The thing I have to do every day. <sighs> Sometimes software. Anyway, hi. You know that piece that that storytelling is helpful, but. It's not necessarily core to who you are. You have to understand who you are as a brand and make the decision to tell it to the individual people. So if you're all about brand X, you have to think about who are the people you want to engage. Do you want to engage entry-level people or senior-level people? Do you want to engage generalists? Do you want to engage specialists? Do you want to engage um, subject matter experts or management-type people or people who are looking to, get to change careers? There are whole companies who have entire strategies around people who are boomeranging for whatever reason, whether they left the workforce and want to come back or they left that company and want to come back because they know that's an untapped market and they really understand that market enough to say, we're going to tell you a story that matters to you, not to anybody else, but to you. So for example, a company that I won't name, um, that I did some work for a long time, a little while ago, we built a strategy around the concept of, um, women who left the workforce because it was a business that was primarily employed women for whatever reason. And we don't have to go into that. Uh, and those women would invariably, not invariably, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Let me misspeak some more. Uh, the good, good number of those women would actually go and get pregnant and decide to leave the workforce for a period of time, not just the uh, FMLA 
period of time or whatever because they were effectively as close to independent contractors as you can get. But they would leave the workforce for a while, for a year or two or three or four, and their licensing would lapse. And they felt like, gosh, it's such a hurdle to get back into this industry. I don't think, I don't know where to go. And they feel like they started from zero. And this company said, we need to build a strategy because there is a market right there of women who left the workforce to have a kid, had the kid, everything's great, and now it's time for them to get back to the workforce, and their licensing may have lapsed, and they want to figure out how to move that forward. And because we understand that motivation, we understand that feeling and that fear that, oh gosh, I don't want to start from zero, we know that they know how to do this job, we know they know who we are, let's reach out specifically to them and build an entire content strategy around those people because we understand what their motivations are, what their needs are, what their expectations are, and we know we can speak to them authentically and with some credibility. It's going to be an amazing, and once they execute, it's going to be fantastic and super effective because it's going to speak to people about themselves, right? If I try and, and, and recruit women who left for a job and I use nothing but he or she, guess what? I'm really not talking to them, am I? Because I'm using a lot of he's just as much as I am she's. Now, that's not to be gender specific, but if your target is women who left the workforce to have a kid and are entering, guess what? The he doesn't really enter into it except on the outliers and frankly, don't do that. That it's it, the, 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 the juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? You're, you're, you're speaking to women, so speak to women. Go ahead and speak to women with kids. Reference the fact that they had kids. Reference the fact that they went and left. You know, obviously, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, you're not allowed to ask if you're going to have kids. That's an illegal question. But you can say, look, we're making the assumption that you are a woman, and we're making the assumption that you left to have a kid, and we're making the assumption that you're starting to think about a place to work to reenter the workforce. If those things are true, we have really something interesting to talk about. And they're going to say, yep, that sounds like me. And you're right. We now have something worth talking about. That is an effective content strategy that is knowing who your audience is and knowing what they care about enough to talk to them with enough specificity that they go, yeah, you sound like you get me and I want to learn more. Now remember, we talked about at the beginning, employer brand was all about differentiating you and helping people move you to the next step in the funnel. When I described that content process or strategy, I didn't say, and then they apply. I said, then they're willing to take the next step and have a conversation. You've gotten their attention to speak to them and establish your credibility and your expertise in their world enough for them to say, I take you seriously, let's have a conversation. And the, the conversation, whether it's via another piece of content or a video or a recruiter conversation or whatever or a class or who the hell cares, that's the next step in the funnel. And maybe that's the step that gets them to apply. The trick with content isn't about, hey, you're going to tell a story and suddenly people fall in love with you because no one falls in love with you with one story. You're not David Foster Wallace or whoever, whatever author you love. You're not J.K. Rowling. You're not going to write one great story and suddenly the world falls in love with you. It don't work like that. And when they fall in love with you, it takes a long time to get them to fall in love with you. There's a reason why recruiters and in recruitment marketing, we talk about the parallels between dating and recruiting because the parallels are endless. And one of the big ones is it takes a while to get somebody to commit, someone worthwhile. If I walked up to you, and gender nonspecific, I don't know who's listening, and if I walked up to you and say, hey, let's get married, you'd laugh at my face. And by the way, you'd block me on every social channel we've ever been on, right? Because that's crazy. That's just insane. Hey, how you doing? I'd like to marry you. Except that's how most of our recruitment content works. Hey, how you doing? Apply for a job. Hey, here's a great story. Apply for a job. Hey, do you know that we offer great benefits apply for a job? And by the way, here's a great story where someone saves someone's life apply for a job. By the way, do you know you can apply for a job? Really? I had no idea. This is a career site and you have a way of applying for a job? 
Oh, that's amazing. You've really cracked the nut there. That's fantastic. Genius stuff there, kids. No. Content marketing is a lot like dating in that it takes time. You want to get people to fall in love with you. You don't want to bully and pressure someone into applying because they will step out of the process down the road, you know, when it's expensive for you. You want to get them to fall in love to the point where they are so excited about the concept of working for you that they would push an old person out of their way, not on the train tracks, don't get weird about that, but just push them, nudge them aside to get past them to get to you, to get their, you know, to get their app information to you. That's what you want. And you and I both know that you want that. You just think you do it by bullying and by begging people to apply. And you send a million ads and say, hey, by the way, we have a job you want. Apply. Apply here. Apply here. Apply here. Apply here. Apply here. Apply here. That's how people see most of recruitment advertising. Apply here. Apply here. Apply here. Apply here. Here's a joke. Apply here. Here's an interesting story. Apply here. Hey, by the way, here's a building. Here's a picture of our building. Hey, look, do we? Do you know we're on Facebook? Apply here. Yes, we know you're on Facebook. Everybody's on Facebook. We get it. Not helpful. It's like being in the yellow pages. Yeesh. You tell stories to get people to the next level. You take a first date, not to get them to fall in love, but to get the second date. Right? The only purpose, the only value in going on a first date is to get, just to decide if there's any value in going on a second date. That's it. If sex is involved, great. If not, great. I don't care. It's not a marriage thing, unless it's a green card thing. You're there to get, figure out, should there be a second date? Is there something here? And on the second date, you're going, okay, is the stuff I saw at the first date still true? Can I validate that interest I have from the first date? Does having a, a coffee date on a Tuesday make it any different than having dinner on a Sunday? Are you a different person? Am I still interested in what you have to say? Do I still find you interesting and amusing and, and, and maybe vaguely smart or whatever the thing it is I'm interested in you? Do I still find that to be true? Huh, let's try a third date. Because let's be fair, dating is just a series of stupid tests. You say you're all about X, great, let's still see if that's true. Let's say you're, you know, you, you say you're all about being cool and you ride a motorcycle, that's fantastic. How cool are you on the second date? How cool are you on the third date? Do you have any other stories besides the motorcycle story? That's what a date is. And that's what recruitment marketing is. Okay, great. You're all about trees having souls. Great. And your CEO is out in the forest and blah, 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 blah. What else? That's a date one. What's date two look like? Oh, employee profiles who give back and spend one day a year out in the forest helping trees. Great. Third date. What else do you do? And if you don't have any material for third date conversations in your recruiting strategy, you, oh goodness. And that's the worst part is because you've gotten them there you've hooked them you've gotten them interested you've gotten you've told an engaging story you've drawn them in enough that they're had the second date and they're willing to have the third date you've got the tentpole story you've got a couple of good reinforcing pieces but then you kind of say good enough and you walk away now what happens when you go on two dates and that third person that the third date tries to show up and there's something seems wrong what do you do you snoop on them on so snoop online about them you go look at their social channels you go see who they're connected to right isn't that what we, whether it's first date or third date, it doesn't matter, but you get it. People start to do research. For lack of a good story, for lack of a good narrative for them to follow, they go and find one. And what are they doing in recruiting? They go on Glassdoor. You said you're all about trees. Turns out your employees don't think that that's true. Guess what? No third date for you. All the money and effort you put into telling that story and getting people to see that story and all the supporting evidence you built got undermined in a heartbeat because it turns out your employees don't believe it and have more, are more than happy to tell people that. 
that's third date stuff. And you got to get to the third date before people start to apply. There you go. So I'm going to end it here. <laughs> if you have questions about the content strategy, I'd love to talk about this more. I probably could talk about this for two more hours, but my kid's sleeping in a room and I don't want to get too crazy. And frankly, you don't want to hear me for two and a half hours. I'm going to guess. And you know what? You got to save enough for the next date, right? Right? There you go. Ask me questions about this. If this doesn't make sense, if you want me to clarify, if you have specific examples you'd like me to cover when it comes to content content strategy and employer brand and recruiting, tweet me. You know where to find me. I'm at The War for Talent. Or you can just go to the website, thetalentcast.com. Um, please review me. I love the reviews we're getting. I, I do appreciate it. Um, to the handful of people who have talked to this week about the podcast, especially Audra, thank you so much, your kind words. That was very, very sweet. I do appreciate the feedback. I always do. Um, and, you know, I, I love answering people's questions. So bring it on. Let me know. Otherwise, I will talk to you later and have a great week. Bye. <laughs>